For 40 years, what scripture counts as an entire generation, the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness. In our day and age, with medical advances and technological developments, the span of a life is 70 years, perhaps in strength even 80 or beyond. And yet, 40 years is a long time by any mortal measure. At the least, it's half a life, the majority of a person's time on earth. And this was how long God's people walked and walked around, without home or land to possess, without a place to build a life or a place to rest in security. God's people had little comfort, nothing to fall back on, and small hope of deliverance from this condition. The only one who could really deliver them was the one who'd put them there in the first place, their God. And of course, there was complaining against him, but the complaining didn't really make things any easier, and it didn't shorten their sojourn. I wonder where you might feel like you're wandering in the wilderness this morning. I wonder if there's a relationship you've sort of given up on ever changing or making progress in. I wonder if you've given up hope on your job, or maybe you never had hope in it to begin with. Maybe you absolutely hate your work. You dread where you drive to every day. You set your teeth and grind your molars through your days. I wonder if there's something inside of you that feels like wilderness. Maybe it's loneliness or being so far behind on the promises that you've made to yourself. Maybe it's the shell that you feel like you keep up pretty well on the outside, but is just a straw man compared to the reality of your inner life. Maybe you're feeling wilderness in a medical diagnosis, your own or someone else's. Or maybe you don't even have a good reason to point at, but your mind and your heart feel full of sand full of tumbleweeds, full of nothingness. We have our own wildernesses too, just like the Israelites, and they can crowd in on us, especially in this time of year. But I wonder if part of the story of Israel, part of the story of God's people and what sets God's people apart, both back in the Old Testament and here today, is that God's people don't run out of the wilderness with their hands over their ears, singing loud songs to themselves. God's people don't sit themselves down, fold their arms over their chests, and wait for a helicopter to lift them out of their wilderness. God's people, sometimes complaining, sometimes dragging their feet, sometimes shaking their heads and waving their arms. They walk around in their wilderness. The people of Israel are led straight through the middle of the wilderness by God. God's people walk right into the desert and into the dark places and into hard work. 
God leads them there. And God leads them through. And this story isn't just about the Old Testament people. It's about us, too, because we are brought into God's story here in the first chapter of Mark, where our gospel passage reads today. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. God picks up in the New Testament right there in the wilderness. It's a strange place to go out to a gathering, if you think about it. Why would a prophet or anybody with something to say walk straight out of town where all the people are? Yet that's exactly what John the baptizer did. He found the people in the wilderness. Maybe the people were already wandering around out there, feeling lost in their lives, feeling disoriented by the events that they had endured. Maybe they were sitting there in their wilderness, unable to move because of the debilitating pain that they felt. Maybe they were dehydrated and starving and on the brink of death, just waiting to die out there in the wilderness. Maybe the people went out into the wilderness to find John. Maybe they'd been avoiding the wilderness for a long time, trying not to think about the place that it had in their lives, trying to look elsewhere, trying to find a way around the wilderness, around the relationship that kept them stuck or the work that wouldn't quit or the medical problem that kept them down. But the people of God just couldn't find a way to avoid the wilderness any longer. So they set their faces and turned straight toward it. They marched into the middle of their wilderness. And there they found John the baptizer. John told them to prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, and to confess and repent of their sins. Whatever the relationship between the wilderness that you have in your mind and the wilderness that's the wilderness you have in your mind or somewhere in your life right now and your sin, whatever it is that's dark and rotting and being held as precious but is actually toxic in your life, whatever that relationship, the point and the purpose is that baptism washes the sin away. We're rarely able to escape the wilderness by navigating our way out. We're seldom given a road map to make a highway through the desert. Our freedom 
our way out, our deliverance from the wilderness comes from making straight the paths of the Lord, from repenting and turning away from whatever sin it is that befalls us and turning toward God's already outstretched hands. It's not wallowing in the wilderness that leads to life, but the simple and steady obedience to God's straight path of humility, of love, of courage. Into this truth walks God himself. Into the wilderness of our sin, into the sorrow of our hearts, into the loneliness of our lives, Jesus and his sandals come. The question that stared me in the face all week while I was thinking about this sermon was, why did Jesus have to be baptized? If baptism has to do with breaking the bondage of sin, of making a statement and a ritual that darkness and evil doesn't get the last word in the life that's being shoved under the water and then dragged back up, And if, of course, Jesus didn't sin, and Jesus was God, is God, so there was no darkness or evil in him, why did he go and get baptized? I asked a couple of real live theologians this question. That's two. I asked Jordan, and I asked my friend Matt, and neither of them knew They both have PhDs, or they're working toward it, so they know things, and they couldn't tell me why Jesus had to be baptized. So I had to ask Jesus himself, which is probably what I should have done in the first place. But as we've been talking about, Jesus often hangs out in the wilderness, and I really didn't want to go there this week. I just wanted to stay on the sidelines. Anyway, this is what Jesus said. This verse from Philippians kept popping into my head all week, using its little fingers to nudge me. Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7 says, Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So there was no reason for Jesus to be baptized. He didn't need a baptism the way that each one of us do to be cleansed and to be claimed, to be made part of the covenant. But when Jesus, when God in Jesus came to be with us, he didn't choose a penthouse suite in the grandest hotel in Rome. He didn't choose to be the son of the emperor or to be the greatest military mind of his time. He came as the son of a workman, born under suspicious circumstances, in a backwater town with little or no formal education. Jesus did not count equality with God as something to be exploited. 
He didn't use his access to all the wealth in the world in order to set himself up well in Vegas. He didn't use all the angels at his command to rain down fireworks upon his enemies. Jesus didn't even use his superior intellect or knowledge of the future to play the stock market or set himself up well for success in business. When God came to be with humanity, he didn't go halfway either. He didn't pull out his God card to avoid touching people with yucky skin diseases or talking to prostitutes. He didn't use the perfectly reasonable explanation, oh, I'm already sinless, to avoid being baptized. Jesus was baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan because his entire ministry is about coming up right next to us, walking into our wilderness with us, and staying there. This is the whole story of God's relationship with humanity, from the Israelites wandering around in their wilderness to Jesus' baptism in the wilderness to whatever wilderness you're stuck in this morning. Well, God will not send a helicopter to pluck us out of the wilderness we face. He has sent his son to stick with us in the midst of it. Amen. Amen.